Welcome to a new episode of the Sabbath School Bible Study Podcast. I strongly recommend you to pause this audio right now so that you can have your moment with the Lord. Pray to Him and spend time with Him. Let your relationship with Him grow because He wants to be with you. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 read, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Also remember to ask Him for His guidance as you study His Word. And I'll be right back. Memory text. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. Monday, April 12. The man Noah. Let's read Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. These are the descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Amid all the texts about the evil of the Andalusian pre-flood world, the man Noah stands out in contrast to those around him. Look at the above text at the three particular points that the Bible mentions about him. To the best of your ability, write down what you think each of these points mean. 1. He was a righteous man. 2. He was blameless. And 3. He walked with God. There is no question Noah was someone who had a saving relationship with the Lord. He was someone whom God could work with someone who would listen to him, obey him, and trust in him. That is why the Lord was able to use Noah to fulfill his purpose and why Peter, in the New Testament, called him a preacher of righteousness. Now let's read Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. How does that text help us understand the relationship between Noah and the Lord. The word grace occurs here for the first time in Scripture and clearly has the same meaning as in the New Testament references where the merciful, unmerited favor of God exercised toward undeserving sinners is described. Thus, we need to understand that however blameless and righteous Noah was, he was still a sinner who needed the unmerited favor of his God. In that sense, Noah is no different from any of us who seek earnestly to follow the Lord. Understanding that Noah needed God's grace, as do the rest of us, look at your own life and ask yourself this question, could it be said of me that I am like Noah, righteous, blameless, and that I walk with God.
Tuesday, April 13th, Covenant with Noah. Quote, But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Unquote. Genesis, chapter 6, verse 18. In this one verse, we have the basics of the biblical covenant that God makes with humanity. God and humankind enter into an agreement. Very simple. Yet, there are more elements than first meet the eye. To begin, there is the element of obedience on humanity's part. God says to Noah that he and his family shall go into the ark. They have their part to do. And if they do not do it, the covenant is broken. If the covenant is broken, they are the ultimate losers, for in the end they are the beneficiaries of the covenant. After all, if Noah said no to God and did not want to abide by it, or said yes but then changed his mind, what would have been the results for him and his family? Question God says that it is my covenant. What does that tell us about the basic nature of the covenant? What difference would there be in our concept of the covenant if the Lord had called it our covenant? However unique this particular situation, we see here the basic God-human dynamic found in the covenant. By establishing my covenant with Noah, God here again displays His grace. He shows that He is willing to take the initiative in order to save human beings from the results of their sins. In short, this covenant must not be seen as some sort of union of equals in which each partner in the covenant is dependent upon the other. We could say that God benefits from the covenant but only in a radically different sense from which humans do. He benefits in that those whom he loves will be given eternal life, no small satisfaction for the Lord. But that is not to say that he benefits in the same way we, on the receiving end of the same covenant, benefit. Try this analogy. A man has fallen overboard from a boat in the midst of a storm. Someone on the deck says that he will throw a life preserver over to haul him in. The one in the water, however, has to agree to his end of the deal, and that is to grab on and to hold on to what has been provided him. That, in many ways, is what the covenant between God and humanity is all about. Question. How does that analogy help you understand the concept of grace that exists in the covenant? How does it help you understand what your relationship to God even now needs to be based on? Additional reading, selected quotes from Ellen White. Adam and Eve, at their creation, had a knowledge of the law of God. They were acquainted with its claims upon them. Its precepts were written upon their hearts. When men fell by transgression, 
the law was not changed, but a remedial system was established to bring him back to obedience. The promise of a Savior was given, and sacrificial offerings pointing forward to the death of Christ as the great sin offering were established. Adam taught his descendants the law of God, and it was handed down from father to son through successive generations. But notwithstanding the gracious provision for man's redemption, there were few who accepted it and rendered obedience. By transgression, the world became so vile that it was necessary to cleanse it by the flood from its corruption. The law was preserved by Noah and his family, and Noah taught his descendants the Ten Commandments. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 363. And that is all for today. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for new episodes and special content.